Herald of Steel beckons. War on the horizon. Chaos reigns supreme. But who will save us? Beckons of the Herald of Steel is a 5th edition homebrew campaign. It is a high fantasy and old school flavored campaign run by me, the young Rognard, and my friends. Let's meet those friends now. I am Anthony Santiago, and I'm playing Norhill Hammerstone, Dwarven Fighter. I'm Jared, and I'll be playing Jarzak, the Orc Warlock. I'm Ryan, and I'm going to be playing Klika, the Goblin Sorcerer. I'm Veronica. I'll be playing Anton, the Human Cleric. While many prophecies are written, our story has yet to be completed. Follow us into adventure. Welcome back to another episode of the podcast. It is I, Grognard the Young, the Young Grognard, bringing it to you with a campaign, Beckons of the Herald of Steel, for the next act, uh, the second act. Uh, we're departing from the Queen and beginning the second one, the Master, um, which starts with our first quest in this series, which is going to be of Schemes and Shadows. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, with that in mind, the last episode was kind of a tumultuous mess. A lot of terrible, awful things happened, but in the wake of all things tumultuous with that big giant earth swallowing everybody thing, you know, whatever you want to call that, probably going to be later known as the battle of the gully of lamenting vines, but you know, whatever, not much of a battle, more of like a earth milkshake swallowing people and, and stuff. The gully the Goli Gulp, <laughs> that, that we're going to call it, the Battle of Goli Gulp. Thank you. I mean, it's, yeah, like it's, that a, one, it's yeah. not a valley or a gully anymore. <laughs> it's more of just a rocky, crumbly. It's an impromptu mass tomb is what it is. You know, impromptu mass tomb should not sound as like weirdly sing-song. Yes, it does. That's a good band name, actually. Yeah. I, that I, new I'd, album. I'd see them in some church basement. Yeah, that new album from Goli Gulp, impromptu yeah. mass tomb. <laughs> Gully gulp. <laughs> no, that was so wrong. I mean, if you guys <laughs> go ahead and start a new band in the game, just abandon adventuring and just make a traveling band. I mean, you guys We're all are all just set. taking levels of bard going forward. <laughs> I think anyway. we have a com- I think we have a combined like forty charisma between us. So I think we can handle and it. Jarzak's half of that. Yeah. <laughs> Great. But. Either way, the party in the last episode dealt with that very tumultuous affair, but the good that came of it is everybody did level up into the next act, so everybody should be level four. Um, waiting for the obligatory somebody to go, oh, four, I thought you said blank. Nobody's got one? No. Four, All right. I thought you said two. I've been level one this whole time. <laughs> you know, that might explain some things. <laughs> No, I'm just kidding. So did anybody... All right, we're going to start off with Norhill. What did you do with your level four? Uh, so for my level four, I decided to take feet. Okay. And I took heavy armor master. So that increased my strength and has given me DR3 versus bludgeoning, piercing, and slashing, slashing damage, which is overcome by magic. And so long as I'm wearing heavy armor. Fair which enough. Respect, I am. Very good. The stack of metal proceeds. Did you get any class features or is that it? Nope. Just the ASI. 
and nobody got any bonuses to their uh, proficiency bonus, right? That's not, not to next level. level. Swag. Okay. What did Anton do? Uh, I also took a feat. I took combat casting. So now uh, you don't even need to hold that mace upside down. You're going to be casting exactly. Spells. I can like hold the mace upside down. I can like balance something on the shield, but I can still cast a spell just fine. <laughs> I don't know if balancing it on the shield is. You know what? Okay. Um. So then, and then you also get on attack of opportunities. You can cast spells instead, which is pretty sweet. All right, yep. and Jarzak, what you got? Uh, Jarzak just took a stat points. Ooh, which what is? Boosting charisma. What's that, that now? That is now Max. <gasps> we do have a band player. <laughs> yeah. A band player. <laughs> Very good. And what's Max for the uh, stat bonus? Are you allowed to get up to 20, is it? Or 18? Yeah, 20. Dang. Plus five. Because I, I took them negatives in the beginning to get to 16. Or was any 18 good, to start. As any good min maxer would. Yep, yep, um, yep. And then did you get any class features or anything? A new cantrip and another spell I can learn. Fair enough, fair enough. I about imagine it? Anton probably got a new cantrip too. Probably. Either way. What about Klika? Is Klika doing anything funky fresh? Uh, let's see. Klika got access to a new cantrip and a new second level spell. Um, her, her HP is now 38. And then she took the UA feat uh, shield training, which will give her plus one dex uh, shield proficiency, and she can use her shield as a spellcasting focus. Mm. So she's now sitting at 20 dex and 20 armor. It's pretty good. Yeah, which is nice because it really follows from all the storyline of you swinging the shield around and all that. But um, okay, fair enough. So after dealing with everything and dealing with Jezorn, he basically tells you that you do need to report to the queen and tell her what's happened this day since you're on the queen's errand already and basically writes up something out of an official document certifying that this is indeed what happened. Um, I'm sure she's going to hear quite a bit of this back when she finds out that absolutely nobody returns from this incident, but you know, I mean, it is the way of things, but he recommends that you guys go to glory wake and try to hook up with a caravan or something that way you can hurry your travels. You know what I mean? So um following a day's worth of travel uh with the midday sun following you guys snow falls on the very first day of the winter season um and you guys are given the wonderful treat of biting whipping winds and small snow flurries coming down as you guys are traveling but getting to glory wake is very easy to do following the coastline uh to the southeast and so as you guys follow in and head into glory wake Anton's probably going to be the, the best bet for guiding you guys here, seeing how this is his childhood home. But getting into this place, it sort of looks akin to Eagle Heart with its overall construction and the materials and such, being, you know, a lot of these like stoneworked buildings kind of built down towards the coast um, with one of the shining pinnacles to the whole city's, like, uh, uh, what's the one looking for? The, um, uh, skyline there the big one is the shining light of the uh lighthouse that belongs to the church where they have the uh sort of hope beacon out there the big light beacon for the uh, church of the light and so i'm imagining anton's probably gonna try to swindle everybody to go over to there for the sake of double checking the city's sanctity and safety and all that but for what it looks like 
people around here seem to be in a bit of a hubbub as you guys arrive at about six o'clock at night. So the people who are out are still a bit scared and confused. And as you guys look around, you can see that a lot of these stoneworked buildings have large cracks in their foundation and whatnot, showing that like hairline fractures and stuff like that, not like giant cracks, but like enough to show that a lot of the structures got shook by whatever happened earlier today. But people still seem shook up by it as well. And people don't seem like super frantic, but people are very confused and scared since they haven't had an earthquake like that in this area in quite a long time. But for what it's worth, there's no signs of orcs. There's no signs of raids or anything like that. And keeping a low profile, Jarzak doesn't seem to draw any attention or anything like that as well. Um, but upon reaching the steps to the big church here for the light, um, you guys are greeted out front by a couple of the priests who work here. Uh, only to notice real quick that one of these priests look a little bit more familiar than the other one. Obviously, Anton recognizes both of them, but Anton recognizes one of these two priests from Cooperford instead. But this guy looks a lot like Shereel, the uh, ex-cult leader from Cooperford. So as you guys start approaching the door, Shereel kind of lowers his white hood and comes running over to you guys. And he greets you at the door, taking a knee quickly. And he says, Brother Anton, he says, and Jarzak, Norhill, Klika. He's like, you have all come on this day. To what do we owe the honor? Um, <laughs> just heavy sigh, just <laughs> thousand yard stare from the whole party, you know? <laughs> He's like, surely this is good news. This has been a harrowing day, Shereel. I would say, if it has not been done already, have the priest be prepared. There has been, and he's struggling with the words. He doesn't really know how to describe it. There's a great tragedy, <laughs> says the voice from the sky. I had the light. There's. <laughs> it's dark out. Shut up. There's been a grave change by the coast. I can speak with other priests. The goalie got gulped. Mass impromptu doom. <laughs> Wait, they're playing tonight uh, yeah, on the coast? One one night only in the Gully Gulp. Oh my Gulp. god. <laughs> Fucking Gully Gulp's doing their midnight release party. <laughs> We're the street team. We got some swag here for anyone who wants it. We got hoodies, beanies. It's on and... the other side of Kalika Shield now. She just flips yeah. it over. It's a bunch of t shirts, just a bunch of them with spelling errors. Gully Gulp's just spelled wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Who the hell is goalie pulp? <laughs> like, listen, are you buying a t-shirt or what? <laughs> anyway, with that, uh, Shereel can tell from looking at you that you're very clearly in some sort of a dire strait when you mention this. So he nods quickly and he leads you in. And he says, if this is of some sort of dire importance, perhaps we should speak with the high priest himself. He just gives a nod and starts rearranging his robes and trying to dust off any dirt anywhere in Terra travel. And so with that, um, Shereel leads you in and uh, heads far, far into the uh, church and leads you up a large spiraling stairwell up and up until the top of the, um, the, uh, the like the lighthouse sort of thing where they have the light beacon here. And as he brings you up to the top, um, you guys make it to the final like stairs there. And right before this large reinforced door, he swings it open very gingerly and he says, be with peace. And as you guys walk in, 
and kind of like a single file. This place has like a marble floor to it and the overall um, bonfire looking thingy in the middle has like this ghostly pale white light inside of it. And the entire wall around you guys is covered with like a crystalline glass sort of structure, keeping all of the light and warmth inside of here um, and keeping all the biting winds from down below out. But in front of you is what appears to be an elderly half elven male. He uh, turns around to you guys and he's wearing white robes with a gold trim on them. And he doesn't seem to be wearing any sort of armor or anything like that. Wearing only, you know, the finest of regal fabrics. But he turns to you guys and he says, Ah, Brother Anton, it has been a while since I've seen you here. And you know this man to be indeed the high priest Thrail Callumgale. And so he sort of gives you a light nod. Hey, Priest Thrill. I am glad to return to home, but on great circumstances, I cannot say. There has been a, occurred the party, there's been a tragedy out in the goalie of. Lamenting Vines. Lamenting Vines. <laughs> Says the sky. <laughs> there was a battle planned and set and turning in our favor, hopefully, but there seems to have been a natural catastrophe that took both man and orc alike. I've never seen anything like it. It was horrific. The ground swallowed them up. You can, you can tell that he starts to give kind of like knowing nods and he looks away and looks out the glass window out at the uh, dark, like oceanic view out there. And you can see the light reflecting on the glass a little bit, but you can see his face in the reflection kind of looking back from the glass line as he looks out at the water. And he says, I sense something very strange out there today. They asked me to bless this battle. And unfortunately it seemed like the light wavered at the very idea. I do not know what it is that is out there, but something seems strange. I have not felt something so powerful and so peculiar in, well, a very long time. It is hard to say what it is, but you may take refuge and rest here if you need to. There's plenty of room for you and your companions, as he looks over the three bumpkins behind you, each one kind of a, another denomination of strangeness away from Anton of Glory Wake. Um, but with that, he gives a light, gentle nod, and he says, there is food to be shared, and there are stories to be told, I'm sure. He says, you can have your friends leave, and they can go on their way down into the barracks below. There will be lodgings for them prepared. Shereel will prepare them for you. And with that, he sort of almost gives like an expectingly like Anton I need to talk to you kind of look as the other three are standing there so thank you for your charity father and I say and I look toward the other three and I'm like there seems to be some business I need to guys (laughs) go and then this is when Cleek is like now don't close the door all the way not when you're up there with a boy (laughs) you gotta leave it open so I can see the light so anyway, does everybody leave? Yeah. Yeah. Anton does gonna too. come back with a plate of cookies <laughs> in like 15 minutes. Just, hey guys, just checking in, making sure everything's good. <laughs> Hands above the hips. Hands above the waist. Yeah. Um, oh my God. Oh, that. Um, yeah. So as the group of you leave and Shereel leads you down to very comfortable barracks in the basement there, uh, as well as a nice meal. Um 
you see that the demeanor of the head priest here, the high priest, Thrail, it seems like he's not looking very healthy with whatever is going on here. He doesn't seem to be like handling whatever happened well. And he seemed to be kind of trying to save face when he was speaking of it earlier. But he turns to you with a grave look in his face and he says, I sent something that pulled at my blood in a way that I don't believe my human ancestors would understand. And unfortunately, I don't think you would understand it well enough either, Anton, but something of a different world was here today. Some presence, yet somehow it's from my past. Something I recall from, from some great tragedy before. It seemed so reminiscent of, and he kind of struggles again as he like starts to waver a little bit in his step and he lets out a hard wheezing cough. And he says, I recall the War of the Bleeding Stones was preceded by something of a tragic event much like this. And I just can't help but feel like if we do not act soon and try to get a good handle over everything now, we may pay for it in the end like we did before. And I don't know that our region with the queen can handle such a thing. I can only trust the light as much as I can see it. And as you know, the light wavers with those with faith. And so all I can do at this point is to trust in those who trust in the light. So for whatever it's worth, Anton, I believe something strange is going to happen in our region. And I think what happened in Glory Wake was nothing more than the first tremor in what could be true catastrophe. If what I've heard from Shereel is true when he came here and decided to join our order, if what he says is true about your efforts as well as your companions, I think that we may have quite a chance to perhaps nip whatever this is in the bud. But unfortunately, I don't think you'll be able to do it very easily. So I'd like to give you a gift, one that not many in their lifetime of work in the church have ever seen, but I think you should perhaps have this. I had it as a journeyman cleric in my days and as a wandering priest healing during the first war. And I think maybe it will do you some good. And so he pulls out from, I guess his robes, I don't know where he had it, but he pulls out this small glass lantern that I'd say is probably the size of like a pint, like, can it's it's reasonably sized it's not huge but it's got like that kind of diamondy looking shape there and it's got gold and silver trimmings lacing around all of like the glass but one thing in particular that you notice is there's absolutely no opening on this thing and it doesn't seem like it hinges open in any way but it's got a silver chain that dangles it pretty gently but with that he says this as i'm sure you're aware of is a hope light and this is a sign of those of truest faith in the light itself. This light can never be extinguished, for it is a true calling to the God of illumination. This light will work underwater in most darkness, and in times of greatest need, it can summon brightness as bright as the sun. And he says, I would like you to have this and carry it on your journeys. I don't know what is going to happen to me or anybody else around here, but if I know that you carry my hope light, perhaps someday it'll come to great use. And perhaps someday you may pass it on to somebody else 
who needs it. For on all the gravest of darkness, the hope light will show you the truth. And he hands it over to you almost reluctantly, but in a way that you can see his fragility of old age is what kind of makes him shake more than his like apprehensiveness. And so as it's handed over to you, you notice that it's light as a feather, almost not having any weight at all. And it seems to glow in that same pale white light soundlessly as it does inside of this big, um, you know, brazier right next to you guys in a lighthouse. There are no words. I, I am merely a humble servant of the light to receive such a glorious gift is... I will do anything I can to protect this church. I've seen signs. He puts, signs. A, he puts a hand on your shoulder as you start to seem to like stammer heavily over this. And he says, those who are blinded by the light are those who follow too closely. And being blinded by the light leads you nowhere but into further darkness. Respect the light. Revere the light. Worship the light. But never, never allow the light to blind you. Follow it as you may but focus on the path ahead, not the light itself. And with that, he kind of turns you around and starts to lead you down to go to the rest of the palace. And he shuts the door. You hear a huge glass break and he goes flying out the way. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> like, God. He can fly! He turns into three Grimlocks. Oh, God, please. <laughs> and they all beat you up. <laughs> one of them pants you. The other one gets behind you and tabletops you. But then the last Grimlock is actually just two goblins in a trench coat. <laughs> anyway, okay. And so with that, night comes easily and passes easily. And in the morning, you guys are able to get your bearings together. And the church is kind enough to offer you guys uh, eight trail rations for your trip. Not individually, but as a whole, eight. By trail rations, you mean just bread, right? Going off of everything I've learned about the light and how they operate. It's just light bread. Yeah. <laughs> just It's just a stack of 30 communion wafers each. Yes. <laughs> They're like those Necco wafers. Yeah. But, um, okay. And so what would the party like to do now in the city of Glory Wake? Uh, you said that last night uh, we were staying in a barracks, right? Essentially. I, I don't know any other way of describing it other than like a monastic like barracks. It's not like they're trained warriors or anything like that. It's just kind of like the chambers people stay in in here. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so uh, are other travelers besides us also staying there or is it all just priests? All just priests. All right. Well, Norhill's going to spend the night uh, asking around the priests to see if they know of any you know light uh, light caravans that are headed towards eagle heart um and so with that they tell you that it's easy to hop on a trade caravan um if you guys want to act as protection usually it's free of charge if you can prove your metal or if people know you it's usually pretty easy but they said that nobody's going to be leaving here and heading off anywhere in particular over to eagle heart anytime soon so it seems like your best bet's probably to try to find somebody in the trade district who needs, like, you know, somebody to ride shotgun. Or if you guys have the money, you could probably just buy your own. But it seems like that's going to be quite a pretty penny. 
Yeah. And how much would it cost to buy mounts? We do. We do have a bunch of treasure that we can sell now. That's true. Mm -hmm. So in order to buy riding horses and saddles, it'll cost about 350 gold in the market. I don't know how much gold we all have because I was keeping track of most of it. But then when we got paid out by people, that I have 106 gold to myself. Yeah, I have some treasure noted down that in total amounts to uh, 170 gold pieces and 700 silver pieces. Damn. So you've got about 240 right there. Plus another 107 that I've already got uh, noted on my character sheet. Hmm. So is that what you guys would like to do, or would you try to hop on a traveling caravan? You could probably get a better deal in Eagle Heart if you guys wanted to. Yeah, I kind of don't want to a get shafted on the trade goods that I have to sell in order to get all of that money, because I'm almost certainly not going to be getting 100% of the value for the goods. I mean, if you already have 100 gold, you have more than enough for yourself. Yeah, for 100. Leave, you know, the party behind. And yeah, I but I think we everyone should all have a hundred at yeah. least. Because I got one fourteen. Yeah, if you all if you all have a hundred gold, you can all easily buy horses. In fact, I'll give each and every one of you a horsey for eighty gold, with the uh with the saddle included. Are these like, you know, poor quality backwater glory wake horses, or are we getting the good <laughs> stuff? <laughs> I just think of the meme where the dealer slaps up the horse and it's like one of these bad boys <laughs> it's like the dealership meme there I uh, mean I just love that cargo space and he's like no <laughs> cardinal fly <laughs> um, no but yeah these are these are decent riding horses they're standard fair I will say because none of these are like war horses that it's the first sign of combat or something attacking them they are going to freak the fuck out but <laughs> How much might... for how much for a warhorse? I believe they're about two hundred. Usually, you're gonna have to go somewhere that specially trains them. I'll take There's it. The difference between uh, <laughs> horses and ponies for short for shorter than average characters in this edition. I think so. Aw, whittle 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 no ponies at pony. I think that's when the difference is you count as like a small creature. Then the yeah, difference the, the, happens. But you're still a medium a horse. He needs a pony. No, no, no! You're good for a riding horse. Yeah, I think Kleeka could probably get away with a pony. Kleeka doesn't even need to get her own horse. She could, she could just ride one with one of you guys pretty easily. But mm -hmm. or, yeah, or get a pony or something of that stature. I will there's say, no weird, there's no weird mounts and like. No, no weird mounts. You're not hopping on a hippogriff, and even if so, like you don't have the money for it, rubes. Yeah. So 90 gold pieces it. in total for the horse and its tack. Um, does that come with food for the journey as well? Because you guys already have a decent standing because of Anton and carrying the Hope Light, people recognize that well enough. So everybody is able to give you a good enough deal that you get the whole kit and caboodle for 80 gold pieces, each of you to get a horsey, the uh, bit and bridle, and the uh, saddle. So if Klika is going to be getting on a pony, I will say that will slow the movement speed of the party down. But if you just hop on a horsey with the rest of the gang, then it won't actually cause much trouble. Yeah, if you can get a horse, that's fine. Because you'll just have a lot of room up there. Sure. 
Additionally, you guys could try to buy like a carriage for a hundred gold pieces and just slap that on the back of two horses and just do it that way. But that would no, be a, be a that little would, cheaper. That would completely confine us to roads and we're on a deadline. Fast. That's a good thought. Okay, so in that case, is it horses for three of you? Or is Jarzak doing the war horse? If they have them, I'll take one. Oh, shit. Sorry, I read the price wrong. War horses are 400 gold. Oh, you know, <laughs> uh, when it comes to horses, any will do. <laughs> you get the two-legged horse. He's like, I keep saying I'm a satyr. <laughs> Shut up, horsey. It's time for Mr. Red. Yeah. Time to get over. Okay. So all of you guys get a bunch of those like chestnutty looking ones, and one of you guys gets a painted horse. <gasps> it's blue. It's painted. <laughs> painted blue. That one's mine. That's what we call a horse of many colors. Tarzak jumps on and breaks it. <laughs> no, uh, someone else can have this one. I don't think it's working. <laughs> it's blue and everything. I warned you it was blue. It's just Eeyore. <laughs> it's just Eeyore. Oh, perfect. It matches my skin tone then. <laughs> okay, so we've got the three horsies, two chestnuts, and one painted one. Anybody want to name their little lovely horsey? Uh... Oh, God, here it comes. Horse number four. <laughs> the third yeah, horse in the litter. Horse yeah, number four. <laughs> You might wonder what happened to Jarzak's horses one through three, and that's yeah. just not that's a story for a different time. You know how many how many meals are there in a day? That's that. <laughs> horses, man. <laughs> All right. And then okay. So the three of you hop on horses and Kalika can hop on in tow. So early in the morning when you guys buy these horses, you're able to uh, hop, skip, and head out on the road. Um, and you guys can follow something of like a major road to Gabora and heading on this way, since Gabora is the nearest town, um, you guys will be able to get there in about two and a half days. And this is kind of the longest stretch of your journey going straight this way. So for what it's worth, that saves you guys a lot of time. So if you guys would like to just burn two of your trail rations each. Travel, travel in these conditions is really not that bad, but the snow continues to pick up. And as you guys travel on these days, um, following the plains away from Glory Wake and heading off to the wetlands and past the southern swamps of Urigig, following this major road east back to Eagle Heart, first stopping in Gabora, then Glint, on your way out, it's really an uneventful trip. You guys don't encounter much of anything important. On the way, you do, got, you do find a couple of like... Um, What's the word I'm looking for? A couple of pileups of those little weird, little noodly colorful things from the swamps that seem to kind of come in droves across the road, but everybody comes to a complete stop as there are ample signs that say strange above ground jellyfish sea anemone crossing. Um, but did you guys want to give me your improv travel lines? Um, yeah, I think or Kalika, this probably happened while we were actually resting in Glory Wake. I think 
she was because we went pretty much straight there same day after the impromptu mass grave incident mm -hmm. correct yep the img as we'll call it um and so i think just everything that happened there really just shook clica like uh i think immediately after once like she bounded out of there with norhill and actually got to like safe ground that wasn't trying to eat her i think she probably started like laughing in that way that you laugh after something scary happened but like it didn't hurt you but could have mm -hmm. like you just had a near miss and then just sort of uh broke down crying like it just turned laughter into crying just like at how scary and close that was and how that was entirely unexpected for her and she had never really experienced that much just wanton death occurring around her and how like close it was for her and Norhill. Yeah. And so I think when she finally gets to Glory Wake to rest, she like didn't notice just like how dirty she had gotten just like with all the debris and rocks and everything flying around. And she like finally sits down to rest and realizes just how like filthy she is and she just starts like trying to like clean off all the dirt and get herself clean and it's just like does it like her hands keep shaking she's trying to cast like mending and stuff and do all that and it's just like the spells just aren't working the way they need and she keeps she just feels like there should have been more she could have done she could have cast the jump spell on more people she could have done if like she had just been faster she could have saved someone else and like it just like builds up inside of her that like she she, she just needed like more than what she has and like that feeling just keeps building and building until finally it like expresses itself in the form of her magic and like instead of like casting bending and like uh cleaning up herself she um just like splits into four mirror images and like all of them are just frantically trying to clean their gear and everyone else's gear and everything else and it's just not great like she just doesn't know what else to do and she just can't get rid of all this dirt Damn. I imagine the mirror imaging happens on the trail. Yeah, I mean, it probably happened, like, in the barracks, because, like, she probably couldn't even get to sleep that night until she felt like she was clean again, you know? Okay. Like, so is it safe to say... Trying to scrub dirt out from underneath her fingernails and nitpicking just teensy tiny bits out of, like, people's armor and stuff. Like, just can't stand the sight of seeing, like, any of that dirt that was so close to just swallowing her up and crushing her. You know, that's a different level of fucked when you think about it as dirt coming to eat her. Mm. I didn't even think of it that way. <laughs> oh, prefer preferred enemy type is just dirt. Yeah. But, um, okay, and I imagine nobody saw it then since she was up really late and couldn't sleep. Yeah, I mean, like, it, it, it's not like, I don't think she was trying to hide it. it I remember, like, it's just that she It's just one of those sleep. things where at the end of the every day, she probably spent some time cleaning herself up and, like, uh, cleaning her gear and mending anyone else's that needs it and it just like if anyone saw it they could tell that she was just real shook fair enough okay and then so continuing on with our travel stuffs anybody else have something who's next for the improv travel uh norhill would like us to run into somebody who can give us news of the realm 
like yeah, like a traveling bard or a merchant or something while we're all waiting for the jellyfish crossing to clear. <laughs> maybe we can get maybe we can pick up, you know, some news or rumors of things that have been going on since we've been in the wilderness. Okay, we'll say that you guys stopped at midday since the jellyfish crossing the road are gonna take like two hours to cross mm-hmm. anyway. And somebody's parked on the other side of the jellyfish crossing. And this guy himself appears to be uh, just a human merchant and he's got like a mule and he himself has just a cart with him. And there appears to be sort of like, I don't want to say like a strong looking fella behind him in some sort of an armor, something like a bunch of piecemeal, you know what I mean? Like a bunch of like thrown together stuff. But they together, as you guys, you know, come to the jellyfish crossing, they say that there's been no difference no change it's just that gabora itself is kind of a little bit weird right now since it's almost a military state but it's also under control by a certain priest named brother emlier and for some reason he's kind of like running the show over there while they're trying to figure out the whole council situation so prices are kind of difficult to manage a lot of the market's kind of frozen until they figure out who's in charge so it seems like Gabora's in a little bit of a rough state. And they said that they were going to drop off a bunch of pots and pans and other like, you know, common goods that are dwarven made. So they're going for a really good price right now, but they didn't want to drop them off there figuring they'd rather take their chances in glory wake and hope to make a better profit with a stable market. But yeah, <laughs> Norhill got swacked with that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and then that sort of shuts him up for a good while too oh well adding on to this dour experience Every, everyone's doing great yeah i guess i, I really set the mood there be but... in the same mood <laughs> all right so jarzak or anton tell me what happens in our little travel to gabora anton's just he named his horse clyde <laughs> <laughs> Very good. He's just, and I think he's just trying to, he's like talking with the horse, trying to learn about the horse, telling the horse about the hope light, trying to like just commune with it, talk about his adventures, kind of in a way to like rationalize everything he's been through in the last how many, at least like a month he's been traveling. I don't know how long it's been now. It's the first time he's really been away from home. So it's just thinking back of like, to be called to go to his church and be told called he was given a gift as like a journeyman cleric he couldn't believe that was actually like a thing until it was said to his face and i mean at this point you're registered more as a keeper of the light rather than just a journeyman cleric because journeyman cleric just go around town to town and heal and stuff but like you're now a keeper of the light you hold like in your possession an actual minor holy relic that only goes to like you know, important people within the church. But as far as magical effects go with that hope light, by the way, you can cast daylight once per day for freezies with it. So so how's different daylight different than light? Uh, usually if you're dealing with things that have light sensitivity, like underground dwellers, this thing will blind them and, and kind of knock them about because it's extra bright. It's rather than like, you know, flashlight light, you just like illuminate the room with bright daylight. So it's big boy light. Yeah, and it's also it's also like a sixty foot diameter, and lasts for an hour without concentration. Oh God, pretty solid spell. Yeah. Now I have a very very important question to ask. Oh no. Does oh, no. Clyde talk back to Anton? <laughs> nah, he just Bonnie, he just kind of like. 
No, 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 no. He just kind of like whinnies or he's just like eating like a stalk of like grass. So does oh. that mean he knows what you're saying? Ronnie, stop making things. I don't think he has any idea. Oh, yeah, thank God. Like, I, I just want to make sure Anton wasn't hearing the horse talk back. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> he might, like, he might like, kind of like act like that way to make more sense of it. But... Because the flow chart of, of scariness here is changing a lot, where it's like, <laughs> does the horse talk back? Yes or no? And it's like, if yes, does Anton hear it or does everyone hear it? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> but, okay. And then, uh, so what's the deal with Jarzak? Uh, so how long are we traveling for? It's days, On the way right? to Gabora, it's about two and a half days. And okay, good. Stop early so, for the jellyfish. One of the nights during uh, Jarzak's turn to watch, uh, he's gonna try to find some sort of nearby river. Okay. In order to practice his new skills that he got from uh. Korea. Oh, okay. Yeah, Korea. I, I thought you were saying Korea. I was like, yeah, no. Daddy picked up back in Nam. Yeah. Akumade. Uh, and when he gets out there, he's gonna he's gonna do a little prayer and just ask if this is really the path he's meant to be on. All of a sudden, gets like shrouded in magical darkness because that's his new uh skill, and just in this darkness his eyes glow like this purple and he can still clearly see in it with his dark sight and uh yeah tries to grab a fish okay and as you're in there kind of fishing and not being able to catch much anything on this river trying to do your best to use the skills provided to you in the darkness when you ask for that the voice kind of beckons back a little bit and you hear it kind of come back to you and say in the darkness as your eyes can pierce through it it says do you doubt the gifts that I've given you? Do you feel like you're not in the right direction? He's uh, waiting for a response. I just did, didn't realize so many orcs had to die for my path. It says, your path is superior. You have always been superior. It says, if you question your own value in comparison to others, perhaps I should strip you of these gifts and turn you into a worm for the very hook on your line. Oh, uh, you know, geez, that, that'd be not great. You know, I, I mean, I don't doubt my own abilities. It's just, you feel, I didn't know this was most unbelievably excruciating sensation. And yet it's like this numbing sensation as your spine begins to quiver in like a numb kind of way. And you feel your, your bones in your body start to kind of like gelatinize within your body. And you start to like lose the ability to stand up still oh. within this pitch black darkness. And oh. you hear the voice kind of echo again in your head. And it says, question your gifts and all of the superiority you can have. And I'll leave you here to die. Not, not and the gifts just just the the path the bodies i just i know that wasn't me back there who put all those bodies down but like that was some crazy shit <laughs> just laying there like the marijuana ad i just You're talking about like the what sorry happened? just don't know if i can stop walls from eating people one day it says if you believe or maybe you i can make walls to stop it 
then you will stop it. But if you fear, then I will find another. I will always find another. You have no value beyond what you put onto yourself, Jarzak, for I could care less if I leave you here a worm or if you grow to conquer. Maybe, maybe I won't have to stop it. Maybe I will be the ones commanding the walls. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. Just so you don't question me again, I replaced your left and right femur. It's not going to do anything important, but it's going to be really weird if somebody ever sees your bones. Uh, okay. <laughs> you, you got me there. The darkness dissipates. And as the darkness dissipates and you look down at your arm, it's just a giant earthworm. And as you look quickly and blink hard, the earthworm arm is gone. Just, oh, uh, oh, okay, okay. Yep, 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 yep. Just vision. <clears throat> Gonna so, go uh, back to sleep. <laughs> you wouldn't be using worms this time of year. You're much better off using kivers or some other small kind of silverfish. If you're going to be trying to bait fish in early winter. Okay, well, guess what? His arm turned to a giant fucking kipper, then. Is that better? <laughs> also, just w- wakes up and just re- realizes Klika touched his armor again. It's just like, Klika, told you once, I'll tell you again. I, I meant for it to look like this. It's pink again. Klika just kisses. <laughs> oh, no. And four Klikas come to kick his ass. But, but uh, yeah, I also roll around in the dirt out there <laughs> in, the, in the dark. There we go, that's better. I mean, that's what I usually assume Jarzak does during his watch. He just gets, <laughs> as soon as the other person on watch goes to sleep and he just rolls in the dirt for two hours straight. Jarzak has now learned to always take watch after Klika because he knows he's going to have to do that again. And it, it, it's like one one or two times that he went on watch before Klika was all set. He was like, oh, perfect. My armor's set for the morning. Wakes up, it's all clean. He's just like, no, again? <laughs> Uh. <laughs> and so with that, the uh, party is able to complete their travels and they end up in the town of Gabora for at least just to help drop off. Um, well, nothing. You guys didn't even help on a trade route. Did you guys want to stop in Gabora for uh, like a night's rest or did you guys want to just steamroll through? From um, Gabora to Eagleheart, how many days is it? From Gabora to Eagleheart, it's going to be about a day and a half to get to Glint from here and then from Glint to... Uh, Eagle Heart is about uh, another day and a half, two days. I think I probably should have did this back in Glory Wake, but um, I think Klika, because everyone else spent money on like the horses and stuff, Klika would like to like spend like at least like I don't know a good amount of gold picking up um, a like decent like cooking set and like maybe some like better ingredients than what we would normally get from trail rations like a good amount of spices that kind of stuff so I mean, that we can have like want, you could say that you actually bought the pots and pans off that traveling guy who was on the road and oh yeah yeah, yeah. picked up and if you guys kind of relay some stories and just kind of act personable on the jellyfish river there he'll actually give it to you guys at a discount. So he'll offer you a full set of like uh, two frying pans and a pot, actually a frying pan, a pot, and a couple of metal instruments. Uh, He'll give it to you for two gold pieces. You get a whisk. (laughs) And a whisk. And a turkey baster, which he's not quite sure what it is. He says it's an Amarathian squirt gun, but none of us really know. 
<laughs> Especially because she squishes it and sticks it to her face and yeah. hangs on for a little while. So it might be something of a leech, but it's hard to tell. A little leech construct. But, but can we say I also picked up some um, like spices and stuff like that in Glory Wake? Uh, or did you want to pick them up in Gabora or Glory Wake? I know you specifically said Gabora's markets are in great shape, but I can. that's fine if we do it there too because I have the gold to spend. Okay. Yeah, it's just that it's not a stable market. So it's hard to kind of haggle since so many people are kind of in like a questionable spot of like, you know, if, we're, if this doesn't work out well for our new leader, then it's going to be kind of hard to figure out how much we should be charging. But for another two gold pieces, you can get a small like rack of spices, simple stuff, but enough to really improve the taste of the food that you guys have. Maybe track down that pea farmer, see if he's got any. Yeah, and spin, speaking of food, Norhill would like to pick up just another four-ish days of trail rations. For everybody yeah. or for himself? Uh, yeah, Kliga, if she can't get actual food, would like to grab like at least a week's worth of trail rations for everybody. So seven each. Damn. Okay, so if you're going to be doing that, one, the general store, which has been kind of struggling with having people pay money, is more than grateful for you guys to be spending this much money all at once. Mm -hmm. And a lot of this food had to get kind of lifted off the shelves. So for the price of the 28 that you're buying, he'll only charge you the amount that you would be charged to buy 20 of them. So he only asked you for 10 gold to get 28 of them, which is a huge deal. And having seen you spend that much money and buying that many trail rations, a lot of people in town who see you kind of carting out that much stuff in these big giant bags it seems like a lot of people who were out front setting up the little tents and um, and stuff in the marketplace, they start to kind of start to call out a little bit more for lowered prices and whatnot, as if you have in a way helped reinstate some of the confidence in the marketplace a little bit. It doesn't seem to do much, but it seems like people are excited to see one, you guys come back through and two, to see that you guys have come back and are like continually investing in the good of Gabora. So yeah, I think, yeah, Kliga will spend the 10 on the trail ration set and then spend like another five just on like small little trinkets, stuff like that. Like little things that she could like pick up just to spend the money and it wouldn't be cumbersome to carry around. Okay. And if you did bangles, that, stuff like that. I was going to say, wait, what'd you say? Manacles? Bangles. Oh, 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 oh. And any like small trinkets that aren't going to be like cumbersome to transport, but like we'll spend some money just to like spend the money. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you can just get a bunch of like iron rings and stuff that's been kind of like polished enough that it looks fancy enough. And there's like little hooks and half chains. So you can sort of just get a pile of little jingly janglies. And so again, having spent this much money, you can see that people are almost like happy to see you guys doing that and kind of pulling your weight like this. And again, reinvesting in Gabora. So people are very happy to see you and greet you guys by names, including the pea farmer who's hanging out at the bar. And as you guys are strolling to leave town, continuing on your way, he offers to buy each of you a pint or maybe three if you look thirsty. Oh my. Oh my. Yeah, I was gonna ask, like if it like maybe we won't stay the night, but we'll stop like a couple of hours in Gabora just, you know, for a hot meal and to rest the mouths. We'll we say if you stay here for like a couple of hours, it'll be about six o'clock, seven o'clock when you set out to leave at night. No hill's okay with that, but only that's because he's used to traveling in the field if the rest of the party doesn't feel comfortable with that, he'll take it. I think it's probably good. I mean, 
if we need to, we can pick up some, like, blankets and stuff, since it's going to be colder traveling, so that can be part of, like, the five gold of just extra stuff that Clico went out and spent for some nice furs and all that stuff, so that when we're camping out there in the cold, it's a little more comfortable for everybody. Sure. If you want, you can buy, like, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, winter cloaks for people, and that'll come oh, yeah. as the, uh, the gear for that. So some mufflers or whatever they're called that are essentially just scarves, and I'm not sure why they're called differently. You know, I'm not, I'm not exactly sure. It's actually just a difference between American English and British English. They don't ah. use the scarf in British and uh, British English. It, it, the, the proper term for that is muffler. What a bunch of weirdos over there. They just got their whole car stuff all janked up with like boots and bonnets and mufflers and not knowing which is clothes and which are part of the car. Is this what we're doing with the end of the episode? We're just going to be <laughs> bashing people across the pond, as it were. I'm just saying. I'd, it's I'd very... like to apologize to any and all British listeners we have, especially if that piece of trivia was incorrect. <laughs> I don't think we have any of those, but um okay um and so as you guys uh would like to if you would like to pick up those uh the uh, clothing there the uh, winter wear um when people hear that you're looking for the uh that kind of clothing it does seem like somebody who specializes in furs especially at this time of year he's willing to cut you a bit of a deal after seeing how much money you've spent already so to outfit the entire party with winter wear he'll give you the entire lot for all four of you for 10 gold oh nice and it's made of like bear fur and whatnot so it's really good stuff toasty very okay and so after you guys are all outfitted and share a pint with the uh with the locals, including the pea farmer. Um, it's hard to leave the tavern because everybody here is just so happy to see you guys return after what happened with Calgear and the Shindle Grip that you guys get quite a lot of songs dedicated to you guys, as well as a bunch of rounds of drinks freely tossed about to you guys as well. So for what it's worth, it's hard to leave, but it's easy to slink out once the merriment kind of continues. Um, Click is and- just showing off her shield dinosaur headdress shields because she took the feathers and put it on the shield too yeah oh my god as to be expected yeah it's very decorative but okay so the party heads off into the night on horses with the uh lantern of the hope the lantern yeah the lantern of the hope light with the hope light (laughs) illuminating the path down to the harbor (laughs) catch some cod you going to gabora (laughs) i don't know how to do that one Goodbye. It's already done. It's <laughs> already done. No, you know, for the best, okay? But with that, the uh, party heads off into the darkness on their way to Glint, trying to shore up another few hours, only going to make their trip to Glint that much quicker. So um, the party is able to set up something of a makeshift camp a couple hours down the road from Gabora. Um, and once you guys stop out here uh, in a little bit of an outcropping in the woods, Um, again, there's a light dusting of snow on the ground, but with the tents up and the furs that you guys have, the cold is really not that bad at all. Um, did you guys want to make a campfire while you're staying out here? Norhill is no longer against fire since we're not actively in enemy territory. Ooh. (laughs) Anton's like, yay! (laughs) Anton just built this giant, unnecessarily huge bonfire. (laughs) <laughs> like that's a tree anton and just to, are we outside of the woods of the um wandering swordsman 
No, you guys are actually heading into them. Oh, okay. I wanted to leave another offering. Because I know I got some good, like, kudos with that spirit. <laughs> uh, I will say, while uh, Norhill is prepping the fire, Clico is going to use prestidigitation to light the campfire. And then, like, once Norhill's satisfied and thinks it's, like, going well, she's going to use prestidigitation to snuff it out again to make it just seem like <laughs> he just messed up doing it. And then, and then when he, every time he turns back to fix it, she'll light it back up until he catches on to her cheeky game. And this is t- Norhill or Anton? Norhill, because he was the one who said he was putting the fire together. Right. I imagine he has like a very specific dwarven way of like boy scouting <laughs> the logs and everything. So like he's very confident <laughs> in his ability and he like lights it up and it's instantly gets going. He's like, yep, perfect. Turns around. It just goes out instantly. <laughs> very good. And so as Anton kind of escapes the uh, camp's borders here with the Hope Light, as the campfire looked like it was about to be rip-roaring before getting snuffed out, Anton walks over to some of the trees in the distance and goes to lay down some gifts for the Wandering Swordsman. And as you do, uh, I'm going to need you to make a quick perception check. Ooh, I crit. You hear? Well, that's not quick at all. You hear the sounds of incredibly muted footsteps as if something with absolutely trained silence has tried its hardest to be silent only to hear the sounds of like another three sets of footprints enter the same area. And as you stand up quickly to look around real quick, it is like absolute pitch black darkness. But as you hold up the lantern real quick to see what's going on, you can see very clearly that there are a series of four of those dark robe-wearing monks standing about 10 feet away from you, and each one of them, like, equidistant, and all of them look like they're about to jump you and kick the Christ out of you. So, with that, that's the end of the episode! Bye-bye! Hey everybody, it's the Young Grognard here. I want to say thank you for listening to another episode of the podcast. If you have anything you'd like to tell me, any questions or concerns, shoot me a tweet over at YGrognard on Twitter, or send me an email at younggrognard at gmail.com. As always, keep it real, and more importantly, keep it dungeonous. Thanks.